Yale Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quadcast, a Yale Divinity School podcast series focusing on issues related to religion and politics. In this episode, YDS alum Emily Judd interviews USA Today columnist and CNN analyst Kirsten Powers, who is author of the new book, Saving Grace, Speak Your Truth, Stay Centered, and Learn to Coexist with People Who Drive You Nuts. She talks about the importance of promoting a culture of grace in the face of polarization and demonization. Grace isn't about the other person. It's about you. Mm-hmm. And it's about what you're doing to yourself by by hating other people and by demonizing and dehumanizing other people. You're giving up your own humanity. She shares her journey from atheism to Christianity. I ended up, you know, having this very radical spiritual experience and I, I became a Christian. And Kirsten Powers responds to what she calls the toxic questioning of President Biden's Catholicism. You're talking about whether somebody's a good Catholic or not, while you're judging people and bearing false witness also. So your new book, Saving Grace, emphasizes how important it is to practice grace, particularly for Americans today in a culture plagued by polarization and division. What is your definition of grace and how can we apply it to our political and civil discourse? Well, I think that we have a lot of confusion about what grace is. And so that was one of the reasons I wanted to write this book. And so I, I use the Christian definition of grace of unmerited favor, which Christians often talk about in terms of that's what we receive from God, right? It can't be earned. Um, it, it's unmerited. It's not based on your behavior. And I take that and basically say, well, what does that look like What practicing it with other people? And so that shifts the paradigm. It takes it out of, you know, this idea that because someone else is behaving badly or because you find their beliefs harmful, that they're not deserving of grace, because that's actually exactly who, what, who and what grace is for, right? Grace isn't about the other person. It's about you. Mm-hmm. And it's about what you're doing to yourself by by hating other people and by demonizing and dehumanizing other people. You're giving up your own humanity. You're taking on all of their behavior, the things that you're calling toxic, you're taking on when you judge them, right? And you're basically versus being discerning and saying, I see that and it's not okay. And I'm going to do something about it uh, that doesn't involve attacking another person. I'm going to write a letter to the editor. I'm It's me. I'm going to write a column. I'm going to volunteer somebody. I'm going to give money to an organization. I'm not going to go down the road of hatred and demonization. Um, because, you know, th- like they say, it's like unforgiveness, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. That's what judgment is. That's what hatred is. So in your book, you quote YDS professor, Dr. Willie James Jennings, who says, quote, grace means that you can actually look at the other person, recognizing that there's not only things that you don't like, but there's things that you hate. And you still ask yourselves, how can I be open to the possibility of relationship. How can we love our neighbors who may be difficult and hard to coexist with? You know, he really, Dr. Jennings really helped me understand this issue so much because I was at a place when I talked to him where I felt like, well, for me, it's just not demonizing, right? Because I think, and that could be a baby step for somebody. So, so say you move yourself out of, 
hating and demonizing to neutrality. <laughs> For mm-hmm. some people, that will be a huge success, right? Mm-hmm. If they could just get to neutrality. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, and you know, will be able to move past neutrality, which I've been able to move past, um, where you can actually start to really empathize and have compassion, right? And so, and that's what he sort of moved me towards because I was more at the place of just being neutral. So, which was, I see you, I can name it. Um, I'm not demonizing you, but that's it. That's like the best I can do. And he was saying, that's not really grace. Like grace is seeing the possibility in this person. And so I think that was very illuminating and was a real shift for me when I realized, okay, I'm letting myself off a little too easily. But in your book, Saving Grace, you talk about your spiritual journey And I'm very curious to know what led you to Roman Catholicism. I'm also a Roman Catholic, so I'm curious to hear more about that. Are you a cradle Catholic? Yes, that means like I was born a Catholic, but to be honest, I was definitely not practicing until around 20 years old uh, when. Uh, funnily enough, I lived with an evangelical um, while we were in college and she was reading the Bible every night and I started reading the Bible and that actually brought me back to Roman Catholicism. So I took a a bit of time off, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, so I grew up, um, my mother was, my mother's side of the family is Catholic. So there was, that was always kind of there. Uh, my grandparents were very Catholic and, um, and I was very close to them, but my mother was just immediately, as soon as she got out of the house was like, never again. And I, I don't think she's ever gone in a church again, you know, except when I was confirmed in the Episcopal church, because my dad uh, took us to the Episcopal church. Um, and so I was really raised going to church and I was Episcopalian. Um, I would say I had faith, but it wasn't, um, I don't know how I would have defined that necessarily. Um, and then I, in college started taking, you know, first of all, meeting people who weren't believers. I only really grow up, grew up around Christians for the most part. And, um, and so starting to meet people that were like, what you believe in God and that's crazy, you know, and taking anthropo- or anthropology classes and biology classes and starting being like, what, well, this doesn't really <laughs> seem like what I learned. And so I kind of went down that path of atheism uh, for quite a long time where I really just was like, I just don't, I just, don't, it doesn't add up. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. And I would kind of go back, back and forth between agnostic and atheist. And then I, um, I had a series of deaths in my family, which I write about in my book that were very traumatic, including my dad dying suddenly at 61. Um, And it's about a year after that, I met somebody who went to an evangelical church and I started going to church with him. And um, I wasn't actually really, I wouldn't say I was seeking and it was sort of strange. I, I, I think I was grasping a little bit, you know, but in the sense of I was so untethered um, from the deaths in my family but I really was taken by this pastor and I ended up, you know, having this very r- radical spiritual experience and I, I became a Christian um, and I was in this evangelical space and I stayed in that evangelical space, even though I never really felt like I fit. Um, 
but they were, I was in New York city and it was all, I was like, well, I don't know anybody else who's talking about this. <laughs> so yeah. like, I, you know, I'm just going to stay here. Yeah. And then I used to go, this is a very long story. I know there's no way to tell this as a short story. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, this is an abbreviated version of it. <laughs> no, it's um, very interesting. So yeah. please. And I, um, I used to work at Fox news. I was like the the left of center voice at Fox news. Um, and there, uh, so some, there's a, a priest named Jonathan Morris, father, Jonathan Morris, you probably know him. Um, yeah. he's actually left the priesthood, but, um, we would go to dinner and we would talk theology and he'd always be like, Kirsten, you're Catholic, you know, and he would, or he would say things and I'd be like, that's what I think. And he, and so finally he was like, you know, that you're like, you're Catholic. Right. And so I was like, Oh, and I just, you know, I didn't really do anything about it. And then I, um, I guess I just got to this place where I was like, I need to take, I need to really investigate this. And so I started investigating it and I pretty quickly found that I just felt more at home there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that especially the idea in Catholicism of mystery, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't exist in the evangelical faith. It's, it's, you know, it really is this, which I think I really latched onto. It's this binary kind of, we know what's right and we know what's wrong. We know what to do, all of these kinds of things. And I don't want to oversimplify it because I'm sure there's evangelicals will be like, well, it's not quite exactly like that, but it, 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 it is as compared to Catholicism. As a Catholic, I'm curious what you think about the discussion over whether certain politicians are really Catholic, really in quotations, Um, you know, President Joe Biden and Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, they have had their Catholicism questioned because of their politics. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's toxic. I really do. Uh, Because we all could play this game. It's so ironic. You're talking about whether somebody is a good Catholic or not while you're judging people and bearing false witness also, Mm -hmm. you know, doing these other things that are actually totally antithetical, lacking humility. I mean, can we go through all the different things that are involved, the sinful behavior that is involved in this process? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I really, I, like I said, there are plenty of Catholics who I really do not have a lot of affection for in the public eye, mm-hmm. but I'm not trying to get Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is also pro-choice. Isn't it? Or have they tried to get him to not be able to take communion? They never had a word to say about that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's injecting politics into religion in a way that I don't think happens in other parts of the world. Yeah. I think the fact that people are taking it upon themselves to judge who is a real Catholic and who is not, I mean, that's up to God, you know, that's between that person and God. And if this person, it it really, it drives me crazy because I see it a lot, uh, you know, on social media, of course, about President Biden and questioning his Catholicism. And this is a man who I'm pretty sure goes to church, you know, every Sunday and he openly talks about his faith and it's just, I, I just don't understand how someone can reduce Catholicism down to one political, you know, issue. Uh, so you write in your book, quote, we are made for more than the way we are living right now. 
this mindset that there's got to be a better way for humanity to be living. This is part of what drove me to leave Washington in 2016 and enroll in Yale Divinity School. I heard from someone that you visited the YDS campus a few years ago. Have you ever thought about considering, uh, have you ever considered, sorry, studying at YDS and what drives your interest in theology? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think about leaving DC like every other minute, basically, and probably for the same reasons that you think about it. And yes, a place like YDS is very alluring because I am at a stage of my life now where I just, I want to have deep conversations. I want to be thinking deeply about things. I want to be helping other people think deeply about things. Um, you know, it's hard to find the time to actually go deep, but I think it's the thing that this culture needs yes. is, is wisdom, mm-hmm. right? Yes. We, I don't know that we need more information. I think we need more wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's, that's something that, I'm guessing you get at a YDS. I mean, you went there, but I'm assuming that you spent a lot of time developing and understanding, you know, taking your life experience and, and, and hopefully shaping it into something that looks like wisdom. My experience at YDS, I would say, um, I was coming off of two and a half years in DC where I just felt everything was very shallow. You know, the, the political, realm can be very shallow and um, very cutthroat, obviously, and everything can be a debate. And at YDS, I found we're having debates, but no one's demonizing anyone. Um, And there are debates about things that really matter and things that will better the world, not things that are just going to take us down a rabbit hole. So I had an amazing experience at YDS and I, I really hope one day that you end up there <laughs> um, because I think you'll, you will also have an amazing experience. From your mouth to God, from your lips to God's ears. As they yes, say. exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kirsten, for joining us today on the quadcast. And um, we hope we can have you back maybe as a student. I know. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you. This was such a nice conversation.